Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William, the Opinion Updike. And I am still positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood <laughs> Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who uh, bring you locked on Clippers. But when? Five days a week, Monday through Friday. Uh, kill some windshield time. Make us your first listen. They come out around 7 a.m. This week, we will say, though, only four episodes because of the holiday. But we'll be getting ready for the weekend. But we got to get into what happened in this overtime game first. Yeah, absolutely. The Clippers with the most anticlimactic overtime. Yes. I've got to be of the season so far. They failed to make a single field goal. But we're going to talk about what we liked in that 112 to 104 loss to the Avs, as well as what we didn't like. And then it's what you say Wednesday. Every oh, single yeah. Tuesday, we put a poll out on Twitter that's at Locked on Clips. We want to know what you think about a given subject. This one is all about. Who the fans out there think is the second most important Clipper behind Paul George. Yeah. Can't wait to get into that one. And then in shavings, we're going to talk a little bit, just sort of, you know, spitballing about Reggie and Bledsoe and still trying to kind of figure out how that's going to work offensively. And then Keon Johnson is back for duty in the G League. So we're going to talk about that as well. All that and more coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers fell to the Mavs in overtime at Staples. Uh, real quick, this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals. Um, just also, right off top, shoot around for the Clippers this morning. Canceled. Canceled. Yeah. Yes. Due to precautionary reasons. Relating to health and safety protocols, everyone was fine. Um, just precautionary. Luca also did play in this game. He absolutely killed us in the third quarter. Yes. Which we will get to, but Will, what did we like from this game? Okay, I guess I'm going to lead with this. This was Reggie at his best, at his Reggiest. Absolutely. 31 points, a career high as a Clipper, but some stinkers in there. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. Like... We talk about the Reggie roller coaster a lot on this show, and that was surely on display in this one. Look, this is something that we liked, and overall, <laughs> offensively, we needed it. He, he, we did need him. He stepped up to fill in the gaps. Paul Absolutely. George uh, was ha- like, Rough did not have a Paul field George. goal until the final minutes of the second in, of the first half. Yeah. So, um, it, it, you know, it was absolutely needed, but sometimes. Man, the decision making leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. Which is the Reggie roller coaster. You had four turnovers, and they were all pretty. A couple of them were pretty bad. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, we did need it. You're right. I mean, we went three of eight from three, which we needed. He was 52 percent overall from the floor, but it was it, w- it was good. It was more good than bad. Got the ball stuck on the iron twice. It's bad luck in overtime. We're 0 and 1 when he gets two wedgies. It's got to be some kind of metaphor. Right. Let's hope not. Um, Paul George <laughs> hit the clutchest shot of the Clippers season, maybe, to yeah. send this game to overtime. Um, Hadn't hit a three <laughs> yeah. all game. He was due. And he bobbled. He got the inbounds pass, bobbled it, was able to take a step back and hit the three. Unbelievable composure. Had 26, 9, and 6, and a block. Um, I mean, you know, he other than the outside shooting, everything was there for Paul George tonight, except for the defense, but we'll get to that in what we didn't like. Definitely. And he did do a really good job with his turnovers in this one. Yes. So he also took two charges, which we were kind of talking about like, I don't know if I want him taking charges from guys like Chris Tapps. I want to talk about kind of <laughs> fatigue, just collective fatigue and yeah. what we didn't like sure. from this one. 
Um, I like that we continue to make good on our promise of playing faster. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. been something we hear about at the media availabilities and stuff all the time. Uh, and I thought the tempo in the first half of this one, we did a really good job of controlling the tempo. We yeah. outscored the Mavs overall 12 to five on the fast break. And look, in a game where we really struggled to create easy buckets, Ugh. that's your way sort of into a game is not allowing a defense to get set mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, sort of running and gunning to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, also, man, Morris is back. back. Fully He's back, good. it feels like. It yeah. was great to see. Yeah. Uh, this does a lot for this team. Uh, I know that. I feel like people were a little down on Morris, like maybe even a week ago or right. possibly even the last time we did this show. <laughs> um, but look, it's he's such an integral part of this team. He was a part of some of the miscommunications on the floor defensively, but we'll talk about that later. He's first game in 15 games. He takes some of the load off of Paul George. He gets a, a little bit of a de decrease, I think, in his three-point attempts it does with Morris on the floor. Yeah. But I think... There's also a positive side to that in that it allows George to get to the line more yeah. uh, and sort of like play. The spacing is a little bit better. It allows him to sort of get downhill yes. more. And it'll look um, way better with Luke Kennard out there because the Kennard-Morris situation is going to be great when that gets fully ramped up. Yeah, absolutely. And when we talked about this on yesterday's episode, sort of like what it would look like with Morris and Batum both healthy. Mm -hmm. And man, if... I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening with Morris, but if he does come off the bench, like him and Kennard on That's a bench nice. is, yeah, offensively, good I, stuff. that could maybe get us over some of these lulls that we yes, get into. Which we will touch on the lulls. Um, we're also going to touch on how he just definitely doesn't have a minutes restriction. Um, fight never went away in this one. Yes, we were down one hundred two ninety two with a minute thirty five left. Went on an eleven one run in the last ninety five seconds. It's a trademark of a Ty Lue team now. Yeah. Is it the fight doesn't go away? Um, and then finally, <laughs> we got to see Hartenstein and Zoo share the floor. Double big for fans a little bit. rejoice. Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, but let's get into what we didn't like. Um, we kind of got a couple things intertwining here. Let's start with the defense. Yeah. Like so in the third quarter, where do we want to start with it? Because Luca killed us in the third quarter. Yeah. In the third quarter, it definitely was waning. And I think that comes down to like fatigue, which we'll sort of be talking about throughout this, what Absolutely. we didn't like. Um, look, I know, I mean, we even opened with it, you know, that the team failed to have a made field goal in overtime, mm -hmm. but I think the, the defense is like the, the bigger thing in this section of time. Sure. Um, and everyone's so tired. Like, so we doubled Luca, mm -hmm. which it makes, not, it makes sense after his, it. after his third quarter, like, I don't know what, sure. what you do. Yeah. Fair. We were kind of in a, between a rock and a hard place. But when you double Luka, you got to have the energy to be able to scramble because that's inherently part of doubling a guy. Because well, the Clippers, they were blitzing PG, but all our guys were so tired that that's why we couldn't get very good shots off. Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, I think some of that is due to miscommunication because sure. while it's good, Morris is back, it's like yet another change to a starting lineup that, mm -hmm. you know, has had its sort of, has had enough change kind of thrown its way as we do every year um <laughs> but yeah i i don't want to be overly critical of the decision to double luca because it, it makes sense like after that third i just don't know what you do but the thing is is like the miscommunications and we constantly lost the man in in the right corner um they mm -hmm. got so many wide open looks 
yeah. uh, on the just same a failure look to close out. And the thing that was like a little bit confusing is like, okay, so when you double when you when you double a guard at the point of attack, you can't have two guys uh occupy, occupying the same space on the floor and sometimes away would, from the double away from yeah. the double yeah and like sometimes they would dump the ball to kp or or kleba in in the paint and you would see another double there and then it's like okay well yeah so there's now two there's, other guys over so now there's <laughs> definitely going to be one to two wide open yeah. corner shooters um so yeah i i don't know i i, I don't think that the decision to double luca was wrong I think that how we recovered around that was not managed properly. And maybe, you yeah. know, once again, that's just a fatigue thing. And let's talk about the scoring droughts, which is something we talked about in the game preview. Yeah. About how we couldn't have a three-minute scoring drought. We had two three-minute scoring droughts in this game. One of them was in overtime, yeah. which is not the time you want it to happen. And the trend of low assists in the last couple of games is back. We assisted on just 48% of our made buckets. 10% lower than our season average, which is just average as is in the NBA. So if you look at the amount of assists and what percentage of our buckets are coming off uh, assists, you can kind of tell how the Clippers are playing. And it was tired. And this was not a game where you even needed to look at the box score. There were some utterly aimless offensive possessions yeah. uh, where we weren't, we just weren't generating good looks. And I think that um that definitely contributed to our inability to score in yeah. overtime like at a certain point like it's you know give the ball to reggie or give the ball to pg is mm -hmm. only going to get you so far yeah um, we get you to overtime but you got to play overtime <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> um anything definitely. else on the fatigue yeah like i don't know we've seen a dip in paul george's efficiency i, I hope that having a couple games off is is will help that mm -hmm. i mean he's been days off not games off so yeah a couple yeah. of days off not games off yeah um yeah I, we just talked about all he's doing on the other end too and you actually let's get into you had some criticisms criticisms of paul george's defense in this one he just looked tired yeah like i agree it, yeah. and he wasn't olaying guys or anything like that but like it's just not he played 48 minutes. Everett talked. He played 48 minutes. Everett talked about it on our Twitter Tuesdays. He was like, should he guard the best guy? No. Chris Stapps kind of has PG's number sometimes. It's yeah, weird. Uh, he made a bucket on him In early. a regular season matchup, sure. sure. But it just a little odd. Um, the ref sucked ass in this game. Just gonna, we got to say that. Yeah, all over this the place. This, like, this, the first half of this game was so slow yes um and that first you know, quarter especially first loss of the season where reggie scores 20 plus yeah which is going to affect a bit of our what you say wednesday poll definitely um anything else yeah just something to monitor surge his minutes are still very heavily very guarded restricted. he played less than seven minutes in this one while marcus morris's are not not at all i don't so yeah. just something just something to look at moving <laughs> forward think about it maybe when you're trying to go to bed um coming up we're gonna be talking who people think the second most important clipper is behind paul george i was kind of surprised at the results but first we got to give another shout out to true bill um do you know why free trials are new without your consent why it's a business scam out to get you of course um, it's always a business scam uh true bill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want need or just simply forgot about we've all been there on average people save up to 720 bucks a year with true bill that's one very rare pair of sneakers or two pretty rare pairs of sneakers, if that's how you want to think about it. Because company makes subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and they will cancel it in just one tap. 
Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year and on average 700 bucks. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Now that you're saving this money, what should you spend it on food wise? Oh, you got to check out Built Bar. Look, we talk about Built Bar all the time on this podcast, but did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. It's really cool when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? Mm. Cherry barcia. Okay. What a good pun. Chill dude over here. I'm I'm excited for that... uh, for that biopic that's coming out soon too. Mm, Anyways, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. I keep going on and on about the flavor, but not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're also healthy. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty all healthy, and did you know Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team? Neat. Which is pretty cool. Uh, so go to Built.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we're at What You Say Wednesday, second most important Clipper edition. Yeah. The question was, all things considered this season, obviously in terms of taking Kawhi out, we obviously know Kawhi and PG, equally important Clippers. Who was the second most important Clipper behind Paul George? The options in this order were Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, Nick Batum, other. People are supposed to specify below the results in this one. Also, thank you to everyone who voted over at Locked on Clips. Reggie Jackson got 53% of the vote. Wow, ran away with it. Ran away with it. Nick Batum, 39%. Luke Kennard, 7 other, 1%. Are you surprised? Because I think I said last episode that Batum's the second most important Clipper. Are you surprised Reggie ran away with it? Because look, but for me, depending what day I wake up, I can see the argument for either of these guys between Reggie and, and, and Batum. Yeah, I'm actually surprised these numbers weren't a little bit closer. I mean, look, there's a reason all these guys are on this poll, and it's that yeah. you know I, I could understand an argument for a lot of them. This was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Morris was left off here very pointedly and intentionally. Uh, and, oh, yeah, this was a with, shot at Marcus Morris. And, uh, a couple people said him in the comments. And with malicious intent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would have to, I would be inclined to say Nick Batum. Um, and Reggie, I can understand it. I think offensively, the potential is certainly there. I still just think, I mean, there's a reason we call it the Reggie roller coaster, yep. right? Like, mm-hmm. he does so much positive, but sometimes. There's just, there's just. You're just like, damn. Yeah, just like the, the decision making sometimes is, I think, like what's holding him back from being like the true. Because that's the opposite of Batum, right? Yes. Batum never makes the wrong decision. Yeah. I don't think we've ever seen him make an errant pass or something like that. Like, well, I'm not going to say he's never turned the ball over, but sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's not the egregious where you're like, oh my God. Um, and Batum, he can guard one through five. He's our second best defender. So I think part of it is he's not as flashy to watch. And that's not a knock on him at all. It's more fun to watch Reggie Jackson play basketball than watch Nick Batum play basketball. In I terms don't know of, about that. In terms of how they affect the game, watching Reggie score 30 is a lot more fun, if you're a viewer, maybe, 
than watching Nick Batum lock up one through five. I guess that's you fair. I guess that's fair. Like, and, and that's definitely like a thing too. Like, uh, and this is not, you know, just restricted to the Clippers. It's the NBA in general, but the way that we value offense, you know, it, it clearly holds a heavier weight um, yes. than, you know, two-way players. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, unless you're at like the very top of what's considered to be, you know, the best the defenders. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Um, so... But I can see, I can see both guys. I can see, like, yeah, I can see. I'm just surprised it wasn't closer. I can see either guy for sure. Um, Luke Kennard, you know, uh, not a lot of the vote in this one. I think that a lot of people were like, I want him to be, but he's just not there yet. <laughs> like, it's, it's interesting though, because he, the gravity still that he pulls on the floor oh, yeah. is something that is valuable for the Clippers. That's what's and, so exciting about him and Morris. And it's especially, like, it's a, such a crucial factor in the non-Paul George minutes. That's why we see, you know, we, we did the segment last week sort of comparing the different lineups that have had some of the best plus minuses mm -hmm. uh, with larger sample sizes. They all contain some variation of canard <laughs> and man. Um, yeah, those two guys are there. And I, I, that a lot of that is because of what they're able to do in the non-Paul George minutes. Sure. So. I think that maybe Luke and Arn deserved a little bit more of a look than seven percent. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, firmly he's he's not there to be the the second most important Clipper behind Paul George in a Kawhi-less season. Yes, um, team and time also. A lot of people referenced the stat before this Mavs game that the Clippers were six and zero when PG and Reggie both have twenty points. Um, team and time said I think it shows that he's you know our true second scoring option. Which is fair. Which I would agree with. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, I, I would absolutely. agree with that 100%. He is um, our second most important scoring option. Yes. A uh, couple people said Zubat. Um, which I don't agree with in any way, shape, or form. And so, I mean that in the most respectful way possible you can mean that. So, look, I, I mean, I think that when Zoo's playing well, I mean, he's clearly a huge factor for this team. Um, it's hard for me to not think about the playoffs, and it's hard for me to not think about us going small and you know we haven't which is going small without batum was really bad against the Mavs. it well, was not good yeah and i mean we've seen it work before with morris at the five but mm -hmm. like we haven't had both those guys together and like yeah we I need mean, batum to go small no matter what. a small ball lineup i mean it borderline already doesn't exist without Kawhi at the <laughs> level that this clippers team can normally put it out sure but like if you don't have both of Batum yeah. and Morris, um, it's certainly it falls it's, apart it's, a little. Yeah, bit. it's like it's certainly not going to work that well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also think this is time we revisit how good of an idea it would be for Zoo to grow his hair long, which is something we've touched on in this podcast. Absolutely, He'd this is a, a lot more foul calls if he had a, a you know a mesmerizing mane. You want him to look like Kelly Olynyk out there? <laughs> well, he wouldn't look like Kelly Olynyk. He'd look a little better than Kelly Olenek. Um, But no, I think it would, A, shock people. I mean, it would absolutely shock Because I think you got to enter it by you just show up with a wig one day that's long hair. You go straight from bald. Oh, Because you're like working that. on it. I like that. But in between time, you know, there's ways to have some hair. Um, thank you to everyone who voted in this. This was, a good, this was a good poll. We'll ask this also later in the season. Because these things change. Definitely. Um, definitely. As Troy Aikman's famous children's book was titled, Things Change. <laughs> <laughs> um... Coming up, we're going to be discussing kind of the Reggie Bledsoe fit. 
um, and how that's going to work, as well as some Brandon Boston Jr. and Keon Johnson news. But first, we got to give a shout out to Bet Online. Won a couple bucks there myself. Uh, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season long gone. If you're still betting on baseball, you're looking at some very far in the future futures. But you can bet on Clipper spreads. You can bet on the under on uh, you know if the Dolphins are going to win out or something like that. Before the next tip-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device, that's your phone, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams, you know, try and do their best to figure out this wonky NBA season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON, that's all cap letters, one word, on your first deposit, Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back with shavings, and I guess we just kind of want to talk about it. It just is. It's interesting to me in this overtime game mm-hmm. uh, where Paul George played almost fifty minutes, nearly fifty minutes, uh, almost a couple, almost a gumball or a couple gumballs, depending. On I mean, Bledsoe played less than half that amount of minutes, or he played like t- a little over twenty. Do you think he should have played more? I think this is going to be an. You unpop- love Eric Bledsoe. I think that this is going to be an unpopular <laughs> opinion, but I do. Um, I think. Look, he's not out there to score, and I get that. Um, I do like, you know, obviously it's a defensive upgrade over Reggie, uh, and I'm not even saying that it has to be one or the other. But I think having another primary ball handler who's actually a facilitator kind of helps lighten yeah. the load on Paul George. For sure. And we've seen Reggie, like we even talked about it in this game, like he has become an improved facilitator, I believe, on this Clippers squad. Mm-hmm. But there are still times where like the ball isn't moving and I just want a Bledsoe out there. Because like, Paul, yes, Paul George can can put his head down and drive to the rim. And I think that's fair and fine. And he's very good And should at have it. maybe more often than not against this Mavs team. And I, I don't know how much more he physically could have possibly done it in right. this game. Very good. Point. And that's what I'm saying. I'd like one more guy to be able to just charge in and do that. And Reggie Which is... Which is... Bledsoe's built for that. <laughs> Reggie is a three-level scorer to me. Uh, Absolutely. Of course. But I just... I, I don't know. I think that... I just think that like a little bit of... A little bit of rest... Uh, for both of those guys could have maybe paid off dividends in that overtime. That's a very good call. Um, one thing we liked in the Mavs game early, which I didn't I didn't keep track of this as the game was going on, but it seemed like when Reggie was initiating the offense, Bledsoe was out there setting brutal off-ball screens for other guys to try and get free. I love which, this. Fully on board for this. Just send them out there to just, just like physically wear down the other guys because Bledsoe's up for it. Bledsoe's up to bang around and set these screens. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think that they should be studying film of, like, Warriors sets where they're doing, like, guard <laughs> off-ball yeah. screens. For a second, I thought you just meant, like, Warriors in general. <laughs> oh, like, no. Like, and I was like, wow. Like the Golden State yeah, Warriors, the, like, the NBA damn. basketball team. This is an alpha Formerly strategy. of Oakland. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I totally agree. Because, you know, we've kind of talked about, like, the conundrum of of having both these guys because it's like... Bledsoe, 
you know, he does. He, I, I'll be honest. He doesn't really provide a whole lot of value off ball. He can't play off ball shooting. But if you get him like sort of in motion, setting screens, creating things for other guys. That whirlpool offense. Even, you know, like it gives him more value than, say, standing somewhere on the court hoping 100%. to get a wide open shot. Yeah, because physicality is his thing. So it's like put him in these physical roles. He absolutely. will rise to the challenge every time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that that could be a huge piece. And then, you know, Reggie, likewise, you know, he we've talked about it on the show, but like he requires the ball in his hands more than I think we thought coming into this season. And I think that's what lends itself to the good roller coaster, Reggie. Because when the ball's not in his hands, roller coaster Reggie is usually a little worse. Trying to do too much. Yeah, yes. which, which we saw early on in the season, especially when... When he was really struggling, I, I just think that he was having trouble finding his rhythm without getting the ball in his hands. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, like you said, once he got the ball in his hands, it was like, oh, all right, I better do it all now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be interesting to see. We'll revisit this in like 10 to 15 games around Christmas or something like that. Yeah. See if it's gotten better. So do you want Bledsoe out of the starting lineup? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Not at all, actually. I think, I mean, no, he can't be out of the starting lineup because who's going to be in there? Justice Winslow, <laughs> yeah. baby. Oh, Justice, yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Um, oh, this is a bit of a tangent. We didn't put this in the notes. We're worried about Terrence's conditioning at all. Still, is that the whole thing we should be thinking about? Maybe. Um, the explosion with the ball hasn't been there, which is why we've seen some of these weird fadeaways. He kicked someone in the crotch today yeah. against the Mavs on a fadeaway. Um, unintentional. Unintentionally, of course, ruled a flagrant, which was trash, but. Him hitting those weird turnaround jumpers is sometimes a sign that he doesn't maybe have the legs late to really drive in there. I just think the explosion on the ball has been lackluster. Wait, he did he a like, highlight Clippers dunk of the season, I would say. Absolutely. This game. But it's just not consistently there. Like, everyone wanted man. Like, man, when man comes in, he's chaotic. He's chaotic on both ends, yeah. which is good and valuable. But... I just think there's still that there needs to be a burst when he has the ball that's seen a little bit later in game. No, I think that's fair. And I think that in this game, uh, I do think that that was a factor in his fouls. Uh, yeah. Because you and know, the rest you, were trash, but yeah. You, you see that when guys like don't fully have their legs under them, be it fatigue, be it coming back from injury. The foul on the three-point shooter against... I can't remember who it was, but like that was a tired foul. Yeah, yeah, and and you see that, and I actually thought that that was kind of what was contributing to Lucas' foul trouble as well. Like he, you know, oh, yeah. he was having a little bit of an issue, you know, moving uh, as he would like to be, and you get a little handsy, and you know, I mean, <laughs> never like, good when that happens. No, never, good. never good when you're tired and you get a little handsy. Never good. Um, some quick notes from the Agua Caliente Clippers: Keon Johnson returned to the G League after an ankle injury. First of all, this kid has had a very up and down start to his career. He was sick yeah. for a long time. Yeah. He came back. He got the ankle injury. Um, he looked pretty good against uh, for the Alcaliente Clippers. I watched a couple highlights. Had 21, 4, and 5. 8 of 19 shooting. Yikes. Um, not good. Steal on a slam, which you love to see because his hallmark is defense. Um, hit a defender with a spin move into a jumper. Like the offense doesn't look as bad as. I will personally say I thought it was maybe going to look even against G League guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is just going to be, it's so hard, right? Because this is going to be a pivotal developmental year for him. 
especially when, you know, even down so many guys, you know, we are running a pretty tight rotation over oh, here. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, we're in a tight rotation over here, buddy, (laughs) which, uh, you know, is a necessity to, to stay competitive and keep winning games. But unfortunately, like as a byproduct, these guys are not going to get as many NBA minutes as maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you would hope coming into a season where you're down your best best player and multiple and your third best player and your fourth best. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, so it's a bummer for him that he's had so many setbacks, at, you know, even trying to get those developmental minutes at the G League level. Um, but yeah, if you know, eight of 19, hey, it, it definitely could be worse. He's never going to take 19 shots in an NBA game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's good that he's getting them here. Yes, definitely. And it's good that he's continuing to build upon, you know, the foundation of what we knew would be good of him. Yes. You know, coming into the draft. Uh, so yeah, I, I just hope that he can string together like a nice run of some solid play and get that confident up and like get six games in a row yeah totally um brandon boston jr added 25 and 7 on 9 of 17 shooting pretty damn good beautiful pretty damn good brandon boston jr um, I just love it. Keep doing your thing, young clips. There's some young, exciting clips. Honestly, the, yeah. For the first time in a minute, it feels like. Yeah, there's some stuff to be excited about. Also, we didn't talk about, we didn't not oh, give yeah. Amir coffee enough praise. Oh, man. Good in the, coffee in, in the game recap. This this was a solid coffee game. and so it Had a sick dunk. He has popped into, like, sort of filling the glue guy, Nick Batum role mm-hmm. with like a, a plum. Cup. And it's great. What's that? I said like a Keurig cup. Oh, you know, okay. I'm doing. I'm not very good at it. Okay, um, all right. Brian Seaman said, uh, "Folger soldier." After Amir hit a dunk in the maps, which was that's like that's an all time call, right? <laughs> Folger soldier is great. Um, I think we got to get out of here. Yeah, um, yeah, probably Thursday's episode, which is our last one of the week. We will be back on Monday, but we're taking a look at the Clippers versus Piston game, which is the day after Thanksgiving at twelve thirty. Who I am going to be hungover or still, you know, doing my thing <laughs> for, for this game. And a quick preview of the Warriors game on Sunday. No Friday episode, so we're doing a Love Mary quarantine uh, on tomorrow's episode. It's a good time. Maybe Thanksgiving themed? Yeah, maybe. Could you know, be. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will. If your barber was like, man, what should I listen to? Where would you tell him he could listen to our podcast? <laughs> you can check us out on iTunes with the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Lockdown Clippers. It works fabulously. If you haven't done it already, please leave a rating or review over at iTunes or on the podcast app. Five stars. Really help the show out. Uh, it's important, you know? And We need it. We mentioned up top, but we do bring you this Clippers news Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mm -hmm. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. Your first listen. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.